phones and LSD everywhere. Yeah, what do you expect? I'm not a professional. <laughs> this is free, damn it. You're on Spotify, you are now. That's not true. I, I, I haven't paid. been paid once. Yeah. I'm not a professional until I get at least a penny, damn it. Um, you gotta have enough listens to get paid. If someone would like to send a penny to P.O. Box 321, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be a professional, damn it. But until then, this is a hobby. Yeah. Get it right, bro. Pretty sure you only need, like, 10,000 hours of uh, repetition of doing the same thing over and over again to actually be classified as a professional. So money has nothing to do with it. I thought you had to be paid to be classified as a professional. Nope. Well, I mean, in sports and in like... I thought the definition of a professional was that you were paid for something. That's to the NCAA, and we don't give a fuck about those stingy bastards. Sure. You don't know about the NCAA? Nope. Dude, they'll like... Okay. Kids who play football, like super good at football, but like don't have a good home life, like coaches and other people, they've been like gone to the draft and then coaches like buy them suits because, you know what I mean? They don't have fucking a good home life to like look good for this type of stuff. And then they lose their eligibility, their eligibility because they're not, because they take that as like a payment for like services rendered you know what i mean so it technically doesn't make you an amateur quote unquote anymore you're now a professional because you've been paid or fucking compensated in somehow the ncaa is real fucking dirty bro damn real fucking dirty even at me when i was younger and i bowled that was a huge thing it's like if you went to a men's league i couldn't play any sports in college because i was technically already a professional athlete in some sort of sport it would have, it, like if I went to college, would have ruined all my fucking amateur eligibility to play sports. What? Yeah, bro, because you get paid. Because you can get paid you to do can. shit. Yes, because you can get paid. Oh my! Yeah, that's crazy. Like they're dirty. They are dirty, and it's mostly the fact of like they just would they would kick you out eventually. It's like they might like let me in on the team or something like that but then as soon as someone like found out about it like if a higher up or something like that that's that's what they do you're going super super dirty here super dirty i mean what think about think about all those ncaa like video games the ncaa i mean it's just that college football is displayed on tv all the fucking time none of those kids not a single one of them get get a cent their name their likeness they make highlights they put them on tv not a cent. All to the fucking NCAA. And they just like fucking lobby every fucking year to keep it like that. Like, Yeah, they make enough money to keep it the way they want. Yeah, there they think some, that they're student athletes. There were some states that were trying to change that a while back. I oh, there's, that being a oh so many thing. people. So many people are trying to change it. Because it's dirty. It's dirty as fuck. Who cares if they're fucking student athletes? Like... You're fucking making a fucking billion dollars off of them. You can fucking give them some fucking... Or at least recompense get something from it. It's not like they're gonna just like lose that much money, either. Like the NCAA. I just think it's like the whole idea of like eligibility or like amateur status is just bogus. Like it should just be age range. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not technically a professional, but it doesn't like 
it's not that serious. Well, I mean, even like if you are younger and you're good enough to play in those leagues, like you're good enough to play in those leagues, it shouldn't really matter. No, yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like even if you're not labeled a professional and you're still technically considered an amateur, no matter what your age or whatever it is, is like it shouldn't be taken that fucking seriously. Yeah. To where like now it screws up everything with your college, and especially fucking, like cross sports like that too. Like you said, like if you're going for bowling, yeah, that's, that's the way my yeah, that's the way a lot of people were like describing it to me when I was a teenager. It's like yo, like. Because I was good, and I could have moved up in men's league when I was fucking, like, 14. I had a high enough average. I could have fucking moved up to a men's league at any fucking time. And I wanted to because I didn't want to fucking bull with kids that weren't going to challenge me. Yeah. yeah. And, like, my dad just, like, wouldn't let me. He's like, no. He's <laughs> like, if you want to go to college and play sports, just no. Just bull on Saturdays, whatever. That's crazy, It's like, such a dumb fucking thing. Like, yeah, especially. Yeah, it would ruin like, everything. would ruin all my It's like a status. men's league. You have a chance to get paid yeah and that's if you like win the whole thing like yeah yeah and it's not a ton i'm imagining like, no it's usually not. at the end of the year you make you like make back the money you put in the league yeah so like minus a little bit like you, you end up giving a little bit to the league but the, at the end of the year you get a little bit like and like you said if you place good if you do certain things throughout the year you get a little thing you know shit like that yeah but yeah fuck the ncaa Sure, you I know what? I don't even feel bad about that because I don't watch none of your fucking shit. Yeah. I don't support you in the slightest. You don't want your fucking ads. Man, ads and gas pumps are That's fucking child slavery, motherfuckers. That's ads and gas pumps. Talk about ads. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I always hit the mute button every time. Isn't it? Fu- I was just literally just. Isn't it weird that our gas pumps have mute yeah. buttons now? Like literally, I went to pump gas the other day and I was just not paying attention, zoned out, and then the gas pump just starts talking to me in this ad for like. I don't even remember what it was. It might have been Wendy's or something. And I'm like, what the hell? Sometimes I've seen it where it's just like news, though, too, where it's just like a news broadcast. Yeah. Some, the first time it happened to me, it was early in the morning. I was going to work. I was so, like, just irritated. Hadn't had coffee yet. And I just, like, just glare at that fucking screen and then got so happy that there was a mute button. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just absolutely. Like, are the first you thing fucking kidding me? No. I, I don't want ads while I pump my freaking gas. Like, come on. That's yeah. not cool. Thank you for shopping at Valero. Yeah. <laughs> Shut I up. will be back unless I have to. <laughs> oh. Unless I'm running out of gas on a 10-mile stretch. <laughs> I mean, smart idea, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to make money off of totally it. Totally annoying for us. I really never thought I'd see the day really when my gas pump. Really making money off the fucking gas? Yeah, exactly. I, dude, what blew my mind once is when, okay... Like, a little bit ago, I can't remember, it might have been a couple years ago, but Oregon changed their fucking, changed the law where, like, you could pump your own gas. And I didn't even fucking know that there were states where you couldn't pump your own there, gas. There was, like, two. I New think Jersey's it was Oregon and New Jersey. You were not allowed to pump your own gas. Yeah, and people were pissed. People were, like, pissed off that they changed this law and that they were like, yo, I can't pump, I'm not qualified to pump my own gas. <laughs> Just like, the what? damn nozzle in the hole. Yeah, it's like, what? And it was like, then then there was all these memes about it, like, threads and all these different websites, like, Reddits and stuff like that, where people are arguing about it. It was just like, dude, I've been pumping my gas since I was, like, six years old. Like, as long as I've, like, been able to grab the pump, yeah. like, <laughs> press the button and stick the freaking thing. But I guess they're serious about it. I guess, like, in the, in those states where you couldn't do it, if you tried to get out of your car, oh, they yell at you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's against the law. Like, but some motherfuckers are like, yo, 
you ain't qualified to touch that. Could you imagine, like, the fucking police show up and it's just like, what'd he do? Like, he tried to pump gas. Uh, shoot like, him, officer. He's trying to pump his own gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what? <laughs> Yo, I was so confused. I was like, what? Yeah. You gotta pop the trunk. Hey, I got a couple jerry cans in the back. You fill them up, too? <laughs> yeah, like, the hell? It's a freaking gas pump. Yeah, it blew my mind. So funny. But what's up? It's room to talk. <laughs> we keep, we keep going like ten minutes. I don't even know how long it's been. We keep going quite a few minutes before we do the intro. But uh, yeah, fuck the NCAA and and, uh, fuck, and pump your own gas, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard, damn it. Always learn to pump your own gas, man. Um, Forty nine of the fifty states will not do it for you now. <laughs> what's up? It's, it's room to talk. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Mike McCloskey. And I'm Seth. We're back. Oh, shit. That's funny. What do we got today, Mike? So, uh, we're going to be talking about aliens again today. Another alien. Yep. Okay, earlier before we started the episode, Mike said this kind of uh, goes back to episode two a little bit. Mm-hmm. What was episode two? How, how does well, it... Episode two is about the Greater Treaty, which is like a treaty that Eisenhower signed with the Greys, and the Greys is like the race that we're kind of going to be talking about today. Okay, so we're talking about the same type of aliens that came down and told Dwight D. Eisenhower, like, "Listen, motherfucker, <laughs> we're didn't they do something up. where they like he didn't suppose? Okay, supposedly he didn't believe them. Like he got word from yeah, them. He's like, this is just this is just the Chinese or the Russians, and he just like ignored it. And then they, they like did. came down, did a maneuver, and like showed him like bitch. <laughs> well, uh, like it was like against some like fleets, like they did like some maneuvers around like some ships out in the ocean, and then at, then it was like uh, like Dwight was like I don't I don't know about this, and they came over like apparently they did a fly over the White House, and that's when he was like finally like yeah maybe I should meet with these guys, just <laughs> maybe I should pay, take this seriously, just to show him like hey uh. And the Greys are the ones that are like part cyborg, right? Yeah, they're well, like like that's like the main theory on. They're them. like fleshy on the outside and possibly mechanical. Well, because they kind of have like a hive mind almost. Okay, like a psychetic, like a like, uh, like psychic. a psychic hive mind. Yeah, and these are the wait. Isn't there big Greys and little Greys? Yeah, there's so all like the tall Greys, which are like the Nordics who supposedly made like the the short Greys, like just the Greys as like a worker class almost. They're like the Geth. From yeah. Mass Effect. Yeah. Like so which grades. ones are we talking about? The short grays. Uh, like the short grays. So we're not even talking about the fucking... Well, I mean, I, we are in... We, we kind of are because... Because like, they, they created them. them? Yeah, like they work for them. They're like the little minions. So like... Like we're going to be talking about like uh, Travis Walton. He was abducted. Like we're going to be talking about like his abduction story. Okay. So that's that's like the gist of like... It's not just the grays we're talking about. We're talking about... Like, what we're talking it? about this guy. Like Travis Walton in... Uh, I believe it was 1975. Yeah, 1975. Wow, 70s. Yeah. Mm. I was not alive. So, I mean, there could have been, like, tall grays on the ship, but he only encountered, like, the short grays. I get you. I get you now. I just like to imagine the tall grays were up inside a little uh, office overlooking the uh, room that the short grays were working in with, like, (laughs) one-sided glass, and they were just... Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) We got... Him. Just for a reference, in my mind, when you say t- small grays, I just think of Gray Sabaman <laughs> from the uh, from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, like just your like your stereotypical like big headed gray, like big eyed alien. Yeah. Okay. You know what we gotta do first? News stories. <laughs> Mike's got a couple of news articles for us. 
So, uh, no parole for New Zealand woman who tried to carjack nun while high on LSD. She carjacked a, a nun? nun? Yep. Well, then. Okay, well, it says she tried to carjack a nun. Oh, she well. tried. So that nun was having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa McCormack, 24, was sent to two years, four months imprisonment at the Dunedin District Court in October 2019 for carjacking. And the parole board said psychological counseling was needed before she could be safely released. Oh, no. Psychological counseling. What 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 has happened here? From from what I read about like the article, basically like she she was tripping. She like just ran out into like the street basically. Well, this nun was trying to get into a car. Like she like ran across the street and t- tried to get it. But oh no! I think the nun like talked her down basically. Oh oh well. At least she was at least she was there enough to listen to reason. Mm-hmm. She uh. Apparently, she had been shifted back to the minimum security unit after getting a new tattoo and becoming aggressive. Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, funny little carjackings, and if anybody hasn't picked up on this yet, uh, Reddit's my, my go-to when I'm bored thing. So I was browsing Reddit, okay, and there was just a light, nice little video of a Domino's guy pulling into a driveway and walking up to deliver a pizza, and someone just walks straight across the road, gets in the Domino guy's car, and just drives away <laughs> as he's delivering the pizza to this man's door. And, and oh man! Oh, I deliver for that my restaurant. Yeah. I deliver for my restaurant, and I like. I'm just careful where I fucking. If I'm in someone's driveway, I'll leave my car running and stuff. But there's times where I gotta like fucking deliver over by the gardens. Mm-mm. Yeah, Nuh-uh. no. He was in that person's driveway. Like, yeah, fuck that. Just, you almost need like an extra key fob just so you can like lock it where you're gone. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> no, he, the title was just uh, "I guess I'll never leave my car running while delivering pizza again." Well, that happened to my old roommate. She used to just leave her car running for like three hours just down like the like driveway. Why? And one day it got stolen. Well, yeah, yeah. Damn, man. Hacker locks internet-connected chastity cage demands ransom. Internet-connected chastity cage? What does... Wait. No. Are you telling me that's what I think it is? Elaborate. Or? Elaborate. So, uh, a hacker took control of people's internet-connected chastity cage and demanded a ransom to be paid in Bitcoin to unlock it. So, Jeez. we're talking about, like, it, like they go, it goes over your dick so you can't get hard, basically. And, like, it's a, like it basically a chastity belt for a dude. Oh, what? Oh, no. And then, like, normally they just have, like, little locks on them and shit like that. But this is, like, a fancy internet-connected one so someone can, like, control it from afar. Oh, no. So you can, like, put it on and then, like, your partner or whatever could, like, control it from their phone, like, when to unlock it. Can you it go shit. to the bathroom with it on? I think so. Like, usually, like, usually they're, like, almost, like, bars, like, almost. So it's not like it's, like, a It's literally piece. just, like... <sighs> I hate the fact that I even understand or know what this is. And usually it's just like, like a fucking. It's shape. literally like a small cage. Yeah. yeah. It's literally just so you're flaccid fucking dick, and if you try to get hard, you just can't. You're gonna be in a lot of pain. What if it just happens? You're yeah. gonna be in a lot of pain, and it's what gonna. What if it just happens sometimes? You're gonna be in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You're just gonna have to fucking. No. You're just gonna have to run away from whatever's, whatever's there, buddy. No, no. <laughs> Especially if you're a teenage boy, it just happens. 
happens. Okay, first off, if you're a teenager or anything, you probably shouldn't be playing with like an internet connected chastity device. People are crazy. It if happens. You're, if you're a fucking, no offense, but it, I feel like only teenage boys are the ones who would fucking. See, that's where you're wrong. I know, but like I just feel like it should be because they don't know any better. No, I feel like these mostly full-grown men buy these. I know. Your cock is now mine, the hacker told one of the victims. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. According to a screenshot of the conversation obtained by a security researcher that goes by the name of Smelly. It is the what f- by Smelly? Yeah. Smelly. That's, that's like his like it's like his name that he goes by. Uh. And uh, he's the founder of VX Underground, a website that collects malware samples. Samples. Oh no! Wow. <laughs> In October of last year, security researchers found that the manufacturer of an Internet of Things chastity cage. A sex toy that puts that users put around their penis to prevent erections that is used in the BDSM community and can be unlocked remotely. Oh no! So it's a sex toy. It's not yeah. even supposed to be a chastity belt. Well, no, no, it is. Like, no, that's, that's, that's what. No, they they belt. like it. Yeah. Oh no. They're like, yeah. It's like yeah. It's your Buddhism co- and shit. They want they want people to say your cock is mine, but they want the person to say it to them. They don't want oh, to get that no. in a text message and be demanded oh. ransom. But no one left. even caught that. I called it Buddhism. <laughs> That's not cool. Buddhism is awesome. <laughs> it left an API exposed, giving malicious hackers a chance to take control of the device. God damn. A, a victim who asked to be identified only as Robert said that he received a message from a hacker demanding a payment of 0.02 Bitcoin, then around $750, to unlock the device. He realized his cage was definitely locked and he could not gain access to it. Mm. <laughs> okay, at least the hacker wasn't because the first you said it was demanding a Bitcoin, and I was like, "That's a lot of fucking money." <laughs> like, okay, but if it's point oh two, it's like seven hundred fifty. Yeah, I'll pay that for my dick. <sighs> like, Robert does go on to say that. Fortunately, I hadn't. I have this locked on my. So- I didn't have this locked on myself when this happened. Oh, oh okay, Jesus. Wow, you know how to fucking make the story suspenseful, Mike. <laughs> send him, send the hacker back a picture of the cage where it's not on. Had us thinking he was cock locked the whole Your time, cock and is he's not fucking mine. Wait, could you imagine that? Yeah, just give no. him a message. Oh That's what I was saying. I was embarrassed of the fact that I even knew what it f- knew what the fuck it was and <laughs> could explain it. Oh my god! It. I mean, they make them for like women too, like where it's just kind of like just a big little belt. different. Yeah, it's a belt, yeah, but... little different. <laughs> Would suck, though. Would still suck. Quebec woman fined for putting leash on her partner and taking him for a walk. I have seen videos like this all over the fucking so place. So what's wrong with it? Well, it's due to, like, COVID laws. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I was going to say, I was like, what? I, that seems kind of like you are you should be allowed so, uh, to uh, do that. Yeah. It's also in Canada. I mean, not that they have the same... Like they don't have the same exact rules. Hey there, bubbies. Oh, they're like they've been a lot harsher with their like COVID. Like, yeah, spe- specifically with COVID. Hey, you yeah. see, buddy over there. <laughs> hey, we go for a walk, eh, bud? A Quebec couple was hit with a three thousand dollars in fines after the woman put a leash on her partner and took him for a walk on Saturday the ninth to get around a COVID nineteen curfew. Oh my god, it was to get around a curfew. It wasn't even a fucking it wasn't even like a kink. Well, on Saturday, Quebec residents were placed on an official curfew for twenty eight days to curb the rise of COVID. Uh and as of Monday evening, they reported that they were down. So it actually was helping. But dog owners were exempt from this like clause. Like, cause I mean you still have to be able to take your dog out to like go to the bathroom and shit like that. I mean if you're not like interacting with other people, it's fine. But that's what they uh 
So that's what they did. They figured it'd be fine. My husband dog out for a walk. <laughs> Leash in hand, the woman 24 set out for a walk with her partner 40 on the other end attached to a collar around his neck around 9 p.m. on Saturday in Sherbrooke. It's about uh, it's a city that's about 150 kilometers east of Montreal. <laughs> oh my! They were stopped by police in the downtown area. And I remember in the article it said that the cop, when the cops rolled up, they were like they were shocked at what they were seeing. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, the couple told the officers they were following Quebec Premier Fran- Francosis Legault's rules and didn't feel the curfew made sense. She said she was walking her dog because it was part of the exceptions that a government mentioned for leaving the house during curfew. <laughs> and they were each given a $1,500 ticket for violating. 1500 So I'm imagining the human male did not qualify as a, as a canine. No. Uh, I'm sure the cops bought that just right up. See, I feel like if she would have dressed him up as like a little doggy, it probably would have helped. Like, put the little like dog mask on him, get like little like leather paws for him, then you walked around on all fours. He's probably walking around on two legs, and that's what got him. Yeah, yeah, he's got to walk around on all four. If you're going to pretend to be a dog, you better goddamn get Yeah, down you got to go the whole way. On your hands and knees. Yeah, you got to be so weird that the cops just don't want to yeah, stop the, you. Yeah, the cops are like, uh-uh, I you know what? that. You know what? Let the COVID get him. <laughs> I did watch this show one time of, like, weird habits of people or, like, some shit like that. And, like, it was about this couple. And, like, the dude is like, yeah, I just realized, like, I'm a dog. Like, and that's what makes me happy. Like, he crawls around on all fours. Like, he'll, like, sit on, like, on the floor where she's on the couch. And she's, like, stroking his head and shit like that. He eats from a fucking dog bowl. Oh, I think, I think I, was there one where a dude ate, like, roadkill? Yeah. Yeah, like, he only ate fucking, like, Like, molded. Like, he only ate, like, like, rotten meat, basically. Like, yeah. Like, raw and rotted. He would literally (laughs) go and watch. Yeah. So, they took it to, like, a hospital. And the nurse was like... I don't know how you're eating this. This like, doctor was like, I don't know how this. you're alive. Yeah. He's like, literally showed her rotting. He just kept it in like a jar. And he's like, oh yeah, Dude. This, is, this one's been 30 days. And this one's been like six months. Rotting roadkill. He brought into a doctor and ate it in front of her. And she was <laughs> literally said like, I oh, no. do not know how you're alive. And he's like, <laughs> this one's the good one where it gets the consistency of like butter. He like scoops two fingers in and like, oh no. <laughs> but this guy that was like a dog, he's like, yeah. And I figured out like the solution to our marriage. It's just like, you just gotta be a dog too. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Yeah, you man. You just gotta be a dog too. Dude, he would do everything. He would like jump up on the couch, and he's like, yeah, he's like, like rubbing, rubbing against her leg, and she's like scratching his ears. See, and here's shit. the real thing, though. Did he hump her arm? Because if he did, dude, he would do everything. Because uh, <laughs> if he didn't everything. hump her arm, he's not a real dog. There was a third one, wasn't there? Oh, dude, there was like four or five episodes of this show where they had. I do. Oh, man. I thought it was. Yeah. As soon as you started talking about it, I was like, oh, dude, that the the roadkill one was the worst for me. Yeah. He just like had the shed where he just kept his roadkill. That's absolutely crazy. And he'd just go find it. He would just literally. I mean, if he lives in Pennsylvania, there's plenty of that. No, he lived in like Kentucky or something. I'm I'm sure there's plenty of that. Yeah. So uh, for this next story, it's kind of like a two parter. Like, I saw the first article, and then I saw, like, a kind of, like, a follow-up, like, article for it. Wow. So, a pigeon survived an 8,000-mile journey from Oregon to Australia. Well, hot damn. Authorities plan to kill it. Well, fuck them. <laughs> Why? So, uh... Pro- is it not native? The pigeon- pigeons are native to Australia, well, aren't they? Well, th- they're worried about it transmitting COVID. Okay. I. So, uh, They can't, like, quarantine it? 
yeah, that's, uh, th- there's there's some holes in the story for sure. Like especially once we get to the second article, there's going to be some like. Treachery. Okay, let's get to the first article. How do we know that this penguin pigeon, went from pigeon. Oregon? Pigeon. Okay, sorry. It didn't fly. I, I, I was going to say, it would be a hell of a lot sorry. more impressive if a penguin did this. Listen, I'm on a lot of overtime. It happens. I'm stoned. How do we know that this pigeon went from Oregon to Australia? We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I'm. I'm that, that's what I'm asking. A racing pigeon has survived an extraordinary 8,000-mile Pacific Ocean crossing from the United States to find a new home in Australia. Now authorities consider the bird a quarantine risk and plan to kill it. Oh, no. This guy also, like, this guy who found this bird, he has a great last name. His name is Kevin Sealybird. Of course. And it's, like, it's, like, hyphenated. So, like, his parents, like, like was, like, Sealy and Bird, and they married. <laughs> oh, no. So, Kevin Sealybird. It was destiny. Said Thursday, he discovered the exhausted bird that arrived in his Melbourne backyard on December 26th and had disappeared from a race in Oregon, October 29th. Experts suspect the pigeon that Silla Bird has, has named Joe, after the U.S. president-elect, hitched a ride on a cargo ship across the Pacific. So they named him after Joe Biden. Uh-uh. <laughs> Wait, they're going to get... That's an act of war! They can't kill Joe Biden! <laughs> Silly Bird said quarantine authorities called him on Thursday to ask him to catch the bird. They say if it is from America, then they're concerned about bird diseases. They wanted to know if, it could, if they could help him out. And to be honest, I can't catch it, he said. I can't get within <laughs> 500 millimeters of it, and then it moves, which is about 20 inches. I can't catch it, he says. <laughs> the Agriculture Department, which is responsible for biosecurity, said the pigeon was not permitted to remain in Australia because it could compromise Australia's food security and other wild bird populations. He says it, they say it poses a direct biosecurity risk to bird life and poultry industry. Man, what's that pigeon have to do to get a passport? <laughs> he uh, sell a bird who says he has no interest in birds apart from his last name. <laughs> <laughs> said the Oklahoma-based American P- Racing Pigeon Union confirmed that Joe was registered to an owner in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, I didn't know we had pigeon racing in Alabama. This pigeon went from Alabama. Well, it, it says Oregon. they went from Oregon. Yeah, yeah, but so even further, we went from Alabama to Oregon to, to Oregon, then to <laughs> Australia on a boat. This pigeon, holy shit! What a migration! Celebrate said he attempted to contact the owner, but has so far been unable to get through. He's. I was also in the article. He said that he was like he first captured it, and that's how he was able to like see like the band the on his leg. Number but whatever, he was just yeah. like, oh, like yeah, that's cool. Like because he saw, he saw it bathing in like his bird bath in his backyard, and it was like dead tired. So he like he could pick it up like he didn't even try to like resist or nothing like that, and then like after a couple of days when it finally like recovered he couldn't catch it anymore because like it, it would get away from him, and then that's when eventually like they they called him, and they said <laughs> that they might have to send out bird catchers if he can't do it. Oh my god! Well, if they're worried about the disease and stuff, why didn't they try? Like that's what I'm saying. Why that, are they waiting weeks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like so he's already been like flying around like bathing in like the water supply, had- shitting on food. <laughs> anything it's going to have already spread i feel like man joe just can't catch a break but now for the second article okay where some interesting interesting questions were were eyes (laughs) joe the pigeon spared after u.s tag found to be fake whoa (laughs) wait 360 the bird was to be killed for breaching australia's quarantine rules but he was granted a reprieve amid doubts of the origin of his leg tag 
Following an investigation, the department has concluded that Joe the Pigeon is highly likely to be Australian and does not present a biosecurity risk, said Australia's Department of Agriculture. They also received, like, massive pushback, like, when this first story came out. Well, yeah! You just kill a bird that went over an 8,000-mile journey, like, quarantine his ass! The department is satisfied that the bird's leg band is a fraudulent copy of a legitimate leg band, the statement said, adding that no further action would be taken against the bird. But the pigeon's virgin... The pigeon's fortunes turned when the American Racing Pigeon Union denied that his leg tag was genuine. So somebody's story isn't matching up here. Because Celebird said he called them, and then they, they gave him, like, an owner's name and everything like that. But now they're back they're backpedaling on that and saying the tag isn't even real. So, I mean, unless someone just made this tag and, like, put, like, a random number on it that matches up. And why would you do that? Well, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Uh, what was I? Uh, the pigeon found to be... Yeah, you did not read this paragraph right here with Facebook. This is where you were. Oh, yeah. Basically, it turned out that he was... Crap, where is it? Like, it turned out to be fake because apparently, like, racing pigeons are actually worth, like, a decent amount of money. And they can be, like... Like, people, like, fake them and, like, sell them online and shit like that. Oh. And apparently, like, this happens a lot in New Zealand. Like, that's where a lot of, like, these fake racing pigeons come from. Oh, okay. And it turned out that Joe, like, like when someone actually came and, like, inspected him further, he turned out to be a Turkish tumbler, not even, like, a pigeon at all. Oh. And apparently, like, they can be extremely valuable, where one racing pigeon was sold for $1.9 million. Okay. I'm going out to catch racing pigeons. You want to come with me? <laughs> Just don't fall for a Turkish tumbler. Well, no, no, if people are going to buy it. <laughs> Damn, so Joe didn't even actually fly 8,000 miles. Yeah, honestly, who knows? Like, who knows what happened to this bird? Who knows if it was a Turkish tumbler? He didn't go from Alabama to Oregon to fucking Australia. Well, there you have it. The myth of Joe debunked. Well, in some university did. <laughs> our, our president is still in the United States, not Australia. They actually switched Joe Biden's mind with the mind of a pigeon. So it's like that Will Smith movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then to get rid of him, they're like, yeah, just throw him in a cargo container. He'll get out of here. And he ends up in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We've just started as a new As soon as he shows up in Australia, theory. they're just like, yeah, we're going to shoot this motherfucker yeah. in the head. We've just started a new conspiracy theory that's going to go wild. That's it. Australia's working with Trump to finish Joe Biden. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. Okay, are we on to the uh, the real story? Yeah, after that roller coaster, I think we're ready for our alien abduction. Strap in, kids. Yeah. As uh, it's gonna be a spacey ride. As Henry Zabrowski would say, maybe you want to roll yourself up a hog's leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Shout out Henry Zabrowski and the uh, and the whole lot last uh, last podcast on the left crew so like i said we're gonna be talking about uh travis walton he just like just a regular dude up until this point like he just just a logger but he was abducted yeah where is he from uh i believe arizona well at least that's what this happened in i don't know if he's actually from arizona himself but like he was living and working in Arizona at the time. There's a lot of abduction stories from, like, the desert, specifically. Oh. I know that's, because, like, Area 50, or Area uh, Roswell and all that fun stuff, but, 
like there's just a lot of sightings. Well, I mean, it's just area oh, fifty ones in the open desert. space where no one's at. Yeah, yeah. and uh, isn't there a lot less light pollution in the desert? I think so. I mean, I would probably assume. And like that's kind of like the same reason where like a lot of like ocean stuff happens just because it's big and empty. Yeah. Like, I mean, if there's somewhere you want to go and not be seen, the desert is probably a pretty decent place to go. Yeah. yeah. Especially when if you can live in space, you can live in a desert. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, on Wednesday, November 5th, in 1975, Travis Walton and six other men were working as loggers in the Apache Sick Greaves National Forest in Arizona, just like any other day. Alright. <laughs> I like how they put that in there. <laughs> just like any other day. Oh, I guess I should mention that, like, most of this, like, that I'm gonna be talking about comes from, uh, A Fire in the Sky. It's the book that Travis Walton wrote about, like, those. Like, he wrote, like, a whole book about, like, okay. his experience and, like, the aftermath and stuff like that. And I have, like, some excerpts that I'm gonna read, like, from the book itself. So he was brought back. Yeah, yeah, he comes back. He survives this. Like, he's still, like, out today. Like, he travels around, like, talks about his experience and shit. Like, I saw a picture from 2019 of him at, like, a UFO convention. Damn. Damn. He comes back, just like our president. Yep. So, at 6 o'clock as the sun was setting, after a long day of work, the men all piled into the Boss Mike Rogers 65 International Pickup and started the hour and a half ride back to town down the narrow mountain road. Bouncing on humps of dirt in the road, the truck kept bottoming out on its springs with a dull clanking sound. The fellows started cracking jokes about the pickup, all just part of a normal day. But that's when something strange happened. Travis noticed a light coming through the trees about 100 yards ahead. He assumed it was a glow as the sun was going down, until it occurred to him that the sun had set about half an hour ago. Uh, wait a minute, that's <laughs> not the sun. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wait, it's coming back up, what the fuck? <laughs> He thought it might be a hunter's fire or other headlights until the guys on the right side of the truck all fell silent. The men continued driving up the road towards the brightness when the truck passed inside of it through some trees for an instant. The men in the truck started questioning what they were seeing. Uh, like later on, they said, My eyes strained to make sure the, to make sense of the glimmering through the trees, through the dense stand of trees blocking our vision. From my open window, I could see the yellowish brilliance washing across our path onto the road, another 40 yards ahead. Intrigued, I was impatient to get past the intervening pines. So they just saw it, and they decided, fuck it, let's keep going. Well, like, they're on, like, a mountain road, like, a, like a, they're on a logging road coming back. Yeah, there's back. no real way to turn around on those yeah, they, things. They if have anybody, this one bumpy-ass If road. anybody hasn't been on one of those, those things are narrow as hell. Like, you can fit the vehicle, and if you want to turn around, there's not too much you can do except for go until you get to... Well, even where you're if, going a lot if they of times. turn around they're just gonna end up at the woods because yeah. like literally they, they the road just leads to where they were cutting logs at that, yeah, that's true. that's it yeah and they, it's about an hour and a half ride from where they were cutting to the main road yeah damn yeah there, yeah that's that's <laughs> talk about being stuck between a rock and a hard place uh the men kept driving talking amongst themselves to the truck all oh, right yeah uh Suddenly, we were electrified by the most awesome, incredible sight we had seen in our entire lives. Travis threw open the door as a man named Alan Dallas said, My God, Alan yelled, It's a flying saucer. Mike shut off the engine as the men all watched spellbound. The men on the left side of the truck leaned over so they could see. There, a mere 20 feet above the ground, a strange golden disc hovered silently. Their attention was riveted on the object, poised in the air. Impaled by the sight, we were held transfixed for one long, silent moment that felt like an eternity, said Travis. 
The guys on the crew said the cold, jarring reality of what we were witnessing struck fear and awe to the corner, to the core of every one of us. Suddenly, beholding his vivid, magnificent structure summoned all emotions at once. You can almost hear our hearts pounding above the suspended instance of silence. Less than 30 yards away, the metallic craft hung motionless, 15 feet above the tangled pyro of logging slash. Uh, the craft was stationary, hovering well above the treetops near the crest of the ridge. The hard, mechanical precision of the luminous vehicle was in sharp contrast to the primitive ruggedness of the dark surroundings. Its edges were clearly defined. The golden machine was starkly outlined against the deepening blue of the clear evening sky. The, yellowish, the soft yellow haze from the craft dimly illuminated the immediate area with an eerie glow. Under the weird light, the encircling forest took on bizarre hues that were different from its natural colors. The trees, the brush, the grass all reflected subtle, subtle peculiar new shades. So, you imagine just rolling down this road, and then there's just this fucking UFO just floating there above the trees. It's just fucking chilling. come up to the top of a hill. Wow, man. I don't even know what I'd do. Like, they say it's gold. It's like it's like a faint like golden like light to it. Yeah, we thought it was the sun at first. Yeah, apparently. Like I just can't imagine what I'd do. Like you just fucking come, you're driving down a logging road and there's just boom, mini sun. I know exactly what I'd do, and that shit my fucking <laughs> pants. Like at that point, I don't know if it's better to stay in the truck or just fucking try to hide in the forest. I you know what? Fuck. You know what? At one point, I just think it would be like. Boys, we could turn around right now, because we don't know what's going to happen. But fuck it. Yeah. You know what? Like. You know what? Let's get out this fucking truck, and if we end up being slaves our whole lives in some weird dimension, then you know what? We fucking made our bed. But. Yeah, I feel like what Travis does is probably exactly what I would do here. Like, Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that a little bit. Mike's a good guy. Travis estimated the object to have an overall diameter of 15 to 20 feet. It was 8 to 10 feet thick. The flattened disc had a shape of that like two gigantic pie pans placed lip to lip <laughs> with a small round bowl turned upside down on top. Barely visible at our angle of sight, the white dome peeked over the upper outline of the ship. So it's your stereotypical like saucer UFO, shaped yeah. UFO. Yeah. Like Marvin Martian kind of deal. Yep. About 15 to 20 feet across and 8 to 10 feet like tall basically like wide yeah so pretty fucking big yeah decent sized yeah flying saucer <laughs> the men could see darker stripes of dull silver sheen that divided the glowing areas into panel like sections the dim yellowish light given off by the surface had a luster of hot metal fresh from the blast furnace there were no visible antennae or protrusions of any kind. Nothing that resembled a hatch, ports, or window-like structures could be seen. There was no motion and no sound from the craft. It almost appeared to be dead in the air. Travis glanced from one another to from one to another stricken face, turning back to the imp- imp- <laughs> turning back to the impelling spectacle in the air. He was suddenly seized with the urgency to see the craft at close range, and it would afraid it would fly away and he would miss the chance of a lifetime to satisfy his curiosity about it. He hurried. He hurriedly got out of the truck and started towards the hovering ship. Yep, that's about what I thought Mike would do. <laughs> yep. uh, you know what? I didn't say it, so I can't say I called it. 
but I called it in my yeah. head. I yeah. want to touch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I was thinking. Yeah. I was picturing Finding Nemo. I want to touch the butt. I was gonna say, it was like even. I want to touch the flying butt. If on some chance I didn't say what I said earlier, and I'd be like, no, let's not do it. I know Mike would be like, he'd already be halfway up the goddamn hill. Like, he'd just oh, be running at it like shiny. A fucking alien, guys. Yeah, it'd be so cool. Like, look, you never see that. You never ever see that. Like, that'd be so fucking cool. And if you. If the Greater Treaty is anything to be believed, they can't hurt you. I mean, they can wow. just abduct you. Wow. <laughs> I said if it's to be believed. Yeah. Either that or they were there for someone else and they just scooped you instead. The men were alarmed by this sudden action. What do you think you're doing? Mike demanded in a large, harsh whisper. Travis didn't answer as he stalked through the underbrush close to the object in the sky. The men called for him again and Travis paused as he looked back to the truck. And here's an excerpt from the book, like from Travis's perspective. I stopped walking for a long, hesitant moment. I paused and turned to look at the six men staring questioningly at me from the truck. The sober realization of what I was doing abruptly heightened the doubt I was already wrestling with. What should I do, I asked myself. Maybe being foolhardy, I told myself. I won't get too close. But what if there's somebody inside that thing? I faltered. Finally, I reassured myself with, I can always run away. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's kind of going to come back to bite him, too. No offense, but what if something's inside? What do you mean, what if some like... <laughs> what do you mean I can always run away? You're going to outrun a fucking UFO? Yeah, like, like let's actually think about what we're talking about even here, if Travis. Like, even if you replace it with something you know, like a plane, you're going to outrun a plane? Like, <laughs> we, no. What if something's in that thing? I'm clearly staring at a fucking... Suppo- okay, supposedly, in this dude's shoes, I'm clearly staring at a fucking spacecraft. Yeah, some sort of fucking spacecraft vehicle. From what- and then the first thing that goes through this dude's mind is, maybe, just maybe, something might be in there. He supposedly, like, Travis has, like, a supposed history of, like, being interested in UFOs, like from like the research I was doing about him, like, okay. I guess like his fan, like his parents were like also like kind of like indie like UFOs. Okay, so like he kind of like probably had an idea like maybe this is like something like that. Hmm. Uh, I was committed. Without replying to the guys, I resolutely turned and continued my brazen approach. I moved more slowly, cautiously covering the remaining distance in a half crouch. I straightened up as I entered the dim circular halo of light, softly reflecting onto the ground under the craft. I was about six feet from being directly beneath the machine. Bathed in a yellow aura, I stared up at the unbelievably smooth, unblemished surface of the car- curving hull. I was filled with a tremendous sense of awe and curiosity as I pondered the incomprehensible mysteries possible within it. I had become aware of a barely audible sound coming from the ship. I could detect a strange blend of low and high-pitched mechanical sounds. They were intermediately high-piercing beeping points overlaid on the distant, low-rumbling sound of heavy machinery. The strange tones were so mixed that it was impossible to compare them to any sound I could remember ever hearing. Travis, get away from there, Mike yelled to me. I shot a fleeting look at the park <laughs> at the pickup park. Hey the Travis! Get away from them there, aliens! They're gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Mike, I can run away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fastest runner these aliens ever did not see. <laughs> says, don't worry, Mike, I can just run away. (laughs) I shot a fleeting look at the pickup parked in the road, then turned my attention back to studying the incredible ship. 
Suddenly, I was startled by a powerful, thunderous swell and volume of vibrations from the craft. I jumped at the sound, like that of a multitude of turbine generators starting up. I saw the saucer start wobbling on its axis with a quickening motion, in a pattern like the erratic spin of an unstabilized top. The same side continued to face me as the craft remained hovering at approximately the same height while it wobbled. Okay, so it's spinning like a top. Oh, and it sounds like it's like charging up for something. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. Now, run away! Yeah, he's playing when you want to start running away. <laughs> I'm I just... Ducked. I'm over here hooked. <laughs> yeah. I ducked into a crouch when a uh, tremendously bright blue-green ray shot from the bottom of the craft. I saw and heard nothing. All I felt was the numbing force of a blow that felt like a high-voltage electrocution. The intense bolt made a sharp cracking or popping sound. The stunning concussion of a foot-wide beam struck me full in the head and chest. My mind sank quickly into unfeeling blackness. I didn't even see what hit me. But from the instant I felt that paralyzing blow, I did not see, hear, or feel anything more. I feel like the aliens just tased him. <laughs> the men in the truck saw my body arch backwards, arms and legs outstretched as the force of the blow lifted me off the ground. I was hurled backward through the air ten feet. They saw my right shoulder hit the hard rocky earth of the flat of the ridge top. My body landed limply and lay motionless, spread out on the ground. So, it struck him with some sort of taser. Yeah, sounds like it was a high-tech taser. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> God damn it. I got tased. What happened? Uh, the aliens tased me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one time I was tased by aliens. <laughs> Everybody knows that one guy at the bar. <laughs> yeah, he, gets, he takes one too many shots. He starts talking about the time he was tased by aliens. <laughs> The men in the truck, obviously terrified, started up the truck and decided to hightail it out of there. They started flying down this long road at about 35 miles an hour when they were traveling at about 7 or so miles per hour before. Damn! <laughs> okay. Also, flying, they just left him. Flying. Well, I mean, compared to, like... Comparatively, in a, in they're a going... a 75 pickup truck going down, like, this bumpy-ass logging road. They're going five times the amount of speed they were before. No, I get it. I'd 100, but still, I think everybody still knows that 35 isn't <laughs> on a fucking booking it. You're not booking a, it. You're, okay, if you're running away from aliens, 35's not going to cut it. No, it's not. <laughs> but that 35 is probably the most you can do. You imagine them are- in the truck like, step on it, Mike. <laughs> it's just like, like the- what? Like you can't like it's, those you roads can't be are like, not paved. They're fucking terrible. They're twisty. Turn like there's no way you're going much faster than 35. Uh, yeah. It actually there was like like I didn't like it was in like the breeding I was doing. There's actually bumps in the road where like to prevent them from being like washed out during like flooding and shit like that. So they're literally hitting like these three or four inch just like bumps like just constantly in the road. Just bum, 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 bum. Fucking speed bumps. <laughs> yeah. They're going over speed bumps 35 miles an hour and it, earlier in the book it was already saying the fucking truck suspension was not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> that truck's dead. My dad actually my family had a camp up on uh, the mountain. I know exactly what you're talking about with those roads. Like yeah. up on the the specific road where our camp was located on the mountain. Same exact thing. The end day was all just, dude. It almost looked like sand, like the, the like these dirt roads up on these mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was all just like rock and fucking sand and like, um. But yeah, had a bunch of those like basically you think they're like speed bumps, but they're all dug out so they wouldn't fucking flood up there. It's yeah. pretty cool. 
Now hit those going thirty five miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, but still, I'm just <laughs> saying you ain't out. You ain't out running the fucking. You uh, you no, should grab not. a fucking horse. Aliens yeah. just killed your friend. You're fucking shitting your pants trying to go. <laughs> well, you think they? You think? They yeah, killed. you just saw them shoot a laser beam at your friend. You got the fuck out and of there. And he fell over <laughs> unconscious. Yeah, nah, not for me. Afraid they might be followed by the strange craft, the men paid no heed and smashed their way through the forest. Eventually, they saw the craft flew, fly off at an incredible speed, which left some of their fear leave them. Once they reached the main road, Mike Rogers said, This truck is going back there, and anyone who doesn't want to go can stay here and wait. The embarrassed men no longer protested returning to the site. Even if any were still reluctant, they were ashamed to say so. Also, the prospect of waiting alone at the turnoff in the dark was much worse than going back together. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> fuck that. If they were an hour and a half out in the middle of the fucking woods well, away they from they were probably the- going for about half an hour or so, like, before they met the alien. So they, they probably just flew for, like, 35 minutes for, like, an hour to get back to, like, the main road. Before oh, they okay, even. they're on the main road. Like, they had just gotten to the main road, and he's like... All right, like we're going. I back. have to go back. Like I'm Till's boss. Like I can't just leave this motherfucker around the woods to die. What a hell of a time to think that, right? Yeah. When you get when like, you get to the exit. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they said like after a while they saw it fly off. Like they saw the ship fly off. Like they, yeah. they, they they saw it. Like they saw it just fucking leave. And that's when they were kind of like less scared. And they finally like were calmed down by the time they got back to the main road. Fuck that, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's his job. He can't just, like, what's he going to tell the police? Like, I lost my employee in the woods. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no offense, but if what happened really fucking happened, like, you got nothing to worry. If you didn't kill someone, you didn't kill someone, okay? No offense. Like, you don't have to be like, yo, we saw a flying saucer and this motherfucker just, like, got hit with a taser. Like, you might sound crazy. <laughs> but, sound really crazy. but, you could be like. He just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happened A bear to him. tased him. I, a bear <laughs> tased him. Smokey the bear came out of nowhere and tased my friend. I don't know where he went. But yeah, he just be like, he disappeared. I don't know where the fuck he went. Or some shit like that. Can you go check the woods for him? And like, report it that way or something like that. But like, why would you go back into the woods where you just supposedly... Well, maybe Mike Rogers cared about his friend. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck waiting on the side of the road in the dark. I'm with those guys. I'm going back at that point. Like, then you don't just have to worry about aliens while you're waiting in the side of the road on the side of the dark. You have to fucking worry about serial killers coming out too. Well, goddamn, Lester, if they get us all, if they can get us one of us, they can get all of us. Yeah, like. Okay, fair enough. Let's go back for Travis. The courage had been reinforced by the time and distance away from the site. However, as they turned left off the rim road toward the original scene, their apprehension began to suddenly build. They began to speculating on the dreadful possibilities of what they might find when they returned. The nearer it got, the more anxious they became. When they found... I said, well, yeah, I can see that. I haven't like, heard one one word about a weapon yet. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, you have an hour Well, just... they, they all have chainsaws. Like, they're all logging, so I mean... Okay. They, they all have chainsaws. Okay. Mm, all right. I'm just going to run at this alien ship taser thing with my chainsaw and <laughs> hey, see how man. this works. That'd be pretty cool. What if you took out a couple of aliens with a chainsaw? Yeah. I mean, I, you're probably not going to hurt the ship with the chainsaw. But no. But if, if you get you, into an alien, yeah. Yeah, if you took out a couple of aliens. I just imagine somebody yeeting a chainsaw at the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why? What did you think that was going to do, Travis? <laughs> God damn it, Travis. <laughs> That's my best chainsaw. <laughs> you're paying for that. <laughs> God damn aliens. Ain't no excuse to throw my good chainsaw. <laughs> 
When they found the spot, they pulled the tr- they pulled the truck in so the headlights shone over the area. But when they searched, they found nothing. No foreign objects or unusual markings. No burn, pad impressions, or disturbed ground. Not a trace of tracks or evidence of a struggle. Was there a trace of a Travis? No Travis. No Damn. Travis. No Travis. Whoa. Not even like an impression where like Travis like hit the ground or anything. Like nothing happened. Damn. The longer they continued, the more worried Mike began became. More overcome with emotion. He stumbled then stood, looking down, struggling to control his feelings. The loss of his friend, his guilt at driving away, and the pressure of the leadership being demanded of him all became too much to bear for a moment. Finally, Mike managed to regain his composure. Okay, you guys, we're not doing any good here. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to do? I mean, they looked everywhere. They, they got- I mean, they had terrible... T- they drove an and then decided to come back. Yeah, that, there wasn't much they could do. Yeah, I mean, maybe like a wolf or something drug them off, who knows? Yeah, like at that point. They got well, into the truck and began the, line, the long drive back to Heber. The memory of what they had so recently witnessed left them with a spectrum of strong emotional reactions. The fact that Travis survives this, I can just see him running back to town like, You motherfuckers <laughs> left me! <laughs> you bastards! <laughs> so God damn it, Cletus, why didn't you come save me? So you had pissed. the chainsaw. So <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're alright. I saw you throw your good chainsaw out the window. I know you was a good man. But fuck you, Cletus. <laughs> I never liked you anyways. Yeah. And, and like in like the part I was reading it, it even said like that they like he was like having a disagreements with like one of the dudes before that. Like everyone had disagreements with this dude. But even like on this night everyone was like, Yeah, like we're all staying together. Like <laughs> <laughs> We gotta do it for Travis, man. <laughs> so uh Travis slowly regained consciousness that brought with the single overwhelming sensation of pain. He felt badly burned all over, even inside. Laying on his back, he didn't try to move or even open his eyes, knowing any attempt to, he would slip back into unconsciousness. Wait, 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 wait. We're back with Travis? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so this yeah, is... Yeah, so like the guys, they all piled back in the truck, and they went back to town. Like, they couldn't... And they just remembered what happened. Yeah. And now, and now, now we're, now we're like, where Travis was mm-hmm. after he got zapped. Yeah, tra- yep. like, last thing Travis remembers is getting zapped, and now he's just waking up. Okay. In a lot of fucking pain. And he's like, he's obviously like, he's laying on his back. Okay. Uh, eventually, he could open his eyes, and he saw that in some sort of, he was in some sort of white room with a ceiling shape that didn't seem to match the shape of the room. It said it was like, like it was like a triangle, like, coming, like, starting at, like, his head, and, like, coming to, like, the back, but, like, it didn't match up with, like, how the room was. Like, it didn't, ma- like, it didn't look like the ceiling, like, matched how the walls were. Like, that's just the way he described the room. Weird. I, I'm not quite grasping that in my head. Yeah, I, I don't see. I didn't understand it either when I was, like, reading about it. Like, it's some sort of, like, strange architecture. That, okay. Like, like, it almost seems like he can't, like, comprehend it, like, looking at it almost. Yeah. Uh, he was laying on a table with a light fixture above his head and a metal object across his chest from right below his shoulders to just above his waist. He assumed he would be taken to a hospital. It was very hot and humid. The heavy air was almost stifling. It smelled uh, slightly stale and muggy. He was sweating. Warm moisture beaded his temples. Feeling his jacket bunched up under his arms, he wondered why a nurse had not removed it. That's when he looked past the object across his chest to see three figures standing in the room leaning over him. He didn't just notice them before? Well, he's still trying to, like, like he woke That's up. True. There's a bright light in his yeah, eyes. He has this, kind like, of pounding headache. Yeah. You ready for this? 
Okay. <laughs> Mike, if everybody just could see the look that Mike gave me about what's about to happen. It's about to go down. Well, I'm worried about what he's about to say next, that he looked at me specifically for that. They had surgical masks on and were wearing unusually orange-colored surgical gowns. That's when abruptly his vision cleared and the full horror of the situation hit him. There were no creatures. He had, these were no creatures he had ever seen before. Understandably shocked, he pushed the metal object off his chest and sprung to his feet, full of adrenaline and fear. As he was getting off the table, he swung his arm and knocked one of the creatures back into another one. He said about it later, The one I touched felt soft through the cloth of its garment. The muscles of his puny physique yielded with a sponginess that was more like fat than sinew. The creature was light and had fallen back easily. Ah, so they're weak. We can beat them up, men. (laughs) Engage in melee. Get it with the punchy punchy. (laughs) Smack them. These are the small ones, though. (laughs) He took up a fighting stance as he reached for anything he could use as a weapon. There was a tool next. There was a tool tray next to the table, and was nothing was recognizable on it. So he took an eighteen-inch clear rod and used it as a club to try to keep the creatures back. I just imagine some like guy waking up in the middle of surgery and just swinging a fucking rod around like back, back you beasts. Well, the only thing I think about is reading it is like, yep, of course, like the obvious monkey reaction. Fucking yeah. jump up, grab something, and start fucking hitting <laughs> Start <them with> swinging. <laughs> like you're the first person they've ever done this to before. Like, oh, we didn't think about him actually. <laughs> like waking up. That, that is like the ab- ob- normal monkey reaction right there. You just get up. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Okay, what are you going to do? You wake up. No, and I mean, I'm not. Monkeys. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad. Reaction. Are you gonna monkey it? No, yeah. Or are you just gonna accept? Are you just gonna wake up and kind of understand what's happening, and then just kind of maybe ask a question and just be like, "I feel like I get is what's up. about to happen." Really, I just about know, to happen. I don't know if I would jump up right away. I would probably like keep looking at them for a little bit, like see what they're doing. Because I feel like, like I'd. I feel like it. I'd try. To I feel like I'd get more answers if you just like woke up, and then you just looked at them, and you just were like, "Okay, can you just be honest with me?" Well, if you looked at him, they're just like, <laughs> like just trying, like starting to like dig at you and shit. Yeah, like I. Well, feel I mean, like, they're gonna do it anyway. Then I feel like I'd wake up and I'd just try to put some fucking distance between me and them, and then be like, "Yo, bitch, what's happening here?" So here's an, uh, another like excerpt from the book. They stood still, mutely. They were a little under five feet in height. They had a basic humanoid form: two legs, two arms, hands with five digits each, and a head with a normal human arrangement of features. But beyond the outline, any similarity to humans was terrifyingly absent. Their thin bones were covered with a white, marshmallow-looking flesh. They had on a single-piece coverall-type suit made of soft, suede-like material, orangish-brown in color. I could not see any grain in the material such as cloth has. In fact, their clothes did not appear to even have any seams. I saw no buttons, zipper, or snaps. They wore no belts. Their loose, billowy garments were gathered at the waist and perhaps the ankles. They did not have any kind of raised collar at the neck. They wore simple pinkish tan footwear. I could not make out any details of their shoes, but they had very small feet, about the size four by our measure. Jeez. When they extended their hands toward me, I noticed they had no fingernails. Their hands were small, delicate, without hair. Their thin, round fingers looked soft and unwrinkled. Their smooth skin was so pale that it looked chalky, like ivory. Their big heads were disproportionately large for their puny bodies. They had bulging, oversized craniums, a small jaw structure, and an undeveloped appearance to their features that was almost infantile. Their thin lips, mouths were narrow. I never saw them open. Lying close to their heads on either side were tiny, cracked lobes of ears. Their miniature, rounded noses noses had small, o- all, ugh, small oval nostrils. The only facial feature that did not appear underdeveloped were those incredible eyes. Those glistening orbs that had brown irises twice the size of the of a normal human eye, nearly an inch in diameter. The iris is so large that even parts of the pupils were hidden by the lids, giving this. Uh, 
eyes of a certain cat-like appearance. There was very little of white part of the eyes showing. They had no lashes and no eyebrows. With all the screaming and hysterical questions I had thrown at them, they never once said anything to me. I did not, I did not hear them speak to each other. The mouse would, never made any kind of sound or motion. The only sound I heard were those of movements and my own voice. Damn, they didn't even answer him. Nope. What jerks. Man. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty weird. They're just all standing there staring at you with, like, huge fucking eyes. I know. Probably just, like, moving a little bit. Like, just, like... <laughs> insert bone crackling, like, j- noise here. Fucking... And, like, a thing I've, like, I've read, like, from most, like, like just, like, alien encounters, like, people always talk about, like, just, like, an overpowering, like, sense of, like, primal fear. Like, almost like you're, like, the prey and they're the predator, like, kind of deal. Yeah. Like, it's just so, like, so foreign to, like, anything, like, any, like, he, like any species on Earth has ever seen. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, like, when you're looking at something that you know, like, I don't know. Like, even, like, like just base, what you like, said is so foreign. Like, like even, even if you found a new species instance. or something. Like, if you found a new species, if you found a purple fucking tiger out there. Well, like you'd still understand it's a fucking tiger and you're out of your fucking element, but well, it'd just be so foreign to you that you'd just be like, "Whoa!" Understanding that you're the first person ever, it's just like, and like even like in the back of like your brainstem, like those basic primal yeah. instincts from like the primordial humanity, like even they are telling you like this isn't right. Like yeah. something about this just doesn't make yeah. sense. Well, especially yeah. if they look like cats. Like cats are one of our fucking biggest like. We need we identify them yeah, the quickly. Eyes. They yeah, um, like tigers, jaguars, yeah. like like all cheetahs, like lions, fucking cats, tigers. <laughs> cats hunt humans. So like when you see a big cat, like it it instills primal fear in you. So if these look first off, they're not from this world, and you can they look like that. That's going to fucking trigger stuff. Yeah. And now they look like cats from out of this world well yeah. fuck that yeah. cats from outer space yeah. <laughs> like cats from out of this that. world sounds like a hell of a musical it does that's when travis went to strike at the aliens but they just turned and fled the room his adrenaline left him and he rested against the instrument table to steady himself he decided he needed to find a way out he ran out the door and started running through the white corridors that all looked the same till he came to a door and he, uh, when he ran out, like, he said that, like, he looked down the hallways, he didn't see, like, any of the aliens or nothing. Like, he just kept running through these hallways, like, just until eventually he came to this door. Hmm. And there was no, like, markings or anything in the hallways. Like, they were just, like, big, like... Just no, doors? Well, like, just, like... Well, like, not even, like, doors, just, like, other hallways. Like, come to intersection, there'd okay. be more hallways. Uh, eventually, till he came to this door. He looked in cautiously. He saw a round room about 16 feet across with a dome ceiling about 10 feet high. Equally spaced around the room with three rectangular outlines resembling closed doorways. The room was totally empty except for a single chair that faced away from him. Uh, That's the captain's chair. Actually, well, you're, you're not too far off. He crept around the side of the room till he got closer to the chair, like, to see if anything was in it. And he saw, like, when he got around to the front, there was nothing in it. And he started to move towards the chair. The closer he got to the chair, the darker the room became. Small points of light became visible on or through the walls, even the floor. Travis stepped back and the effect diminished. It's the navigator's chair. Those are stars. (laughs) Yep. Stepping forward and increased again, the points of light becoming brighter in contrast to the darkening background. It was like the stars coming into view in the evening, only much faster. The matte gray of the metal wall just faded out to be replaced by the glinting, speckling, deep blackest space. 
On the chair were five rows of five buttons, all different colored, along with several levers. As he pushed several of the buttons, nothing happened. He decided it'd be best to probably stop pushing them at random. Well, yeah. I mean, what if one of those is a self-destruct button? Everybody knows every good alien ship has a self-destruct button, damn it. Uh, that's when he then sat in the chair and rotated one of the levers, and the points of light around him started to swivel in that direction. So, like, if he like he sat down, he pulled the lever to, the, like, the right, he would see all, like, the stars, stars rotate, rotate to the right. Yeah. Uh, and that's when he decided that if this was a, if this ship was indeed flying through the air, he probably he didn't want to crash it by accident. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know what? Good on Travis for having the foresight to be like, I probably shouldn't fly this ship. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> this guy seems way too logical in this situation right now. <laughs> After leaving the chair and searching the room for a way out once more, Travis heard a noise from behind him. He whirled around and looked at the door. There, standing in the open doorway, was a human being. What? Oh, no. Oh, I don't believe what? that for one second. That's an imposter right there. Yeah. He was a man about six feet tall, six feet two inches tall. His helmeted head barely cleared the doorway. He was extremely muscular and evenly evenly proportioned. He appeared to weigh about 200 pounds. He wore a tight-fitting, bright blue suit of soft material like velour. His feet were covered with black boots, a black band or belt wrapped around his middle. He carried no tools or weapons on his belt or in his hands. No insignia marked his clothes. Travis ran to him, babbling all sorts of questions, but the man just stood there silently. He took Travis firmly but gently by the arm and gestured for him to go with him. He led Travis out of the room and hurried him down the narrow hallway, pulling him along behind the stranger. Mistake number one. I'm calling yeah, it. What? I'm calling it right now. I'm not trusting any motherfucker I meet on an alien spaceship, human or not. Well, you have got to. You've got to give me a reason to trust you at that point. Apparently, like a big thing, like that the Greys do is part of like the hybridization program, which is like the yeah. So they want to look humans like humans. Aliens. So yeah. If these Greys were a part of that program, they would probably mean that they have some like humans or close hybrids on the ship. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I, no, no, I don't care. Even if you look human, I'm not trusting you if I'm on the ship. Fuck that. Well, and that's like a big thing. Like, Betty and Barney Hill, like, the first, like, abduction case. Like, yeah. they abducted them for, like, basically for his sperm and her eggs. Like, that's what they wanted. Like, he even had, like, they said that he, they put, like, this cup over his dick to, like, get his sperm out. And it, like, it left, like, Marks. warts on him. Oh, and, like, God. literally, like, afterwards, he grew, like, this ring of warts, like, around his dick. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And oh, no, the aliens gave yeah. him genital warts. Yeah, and it was confirmed in the investigations and everything like that. Like, yeah. they had, like, people look at it, and it was like, yeah. Like and, like, the did. only thing this man wanted after he was abducted was just to not talk about it anymore. And his wife. Oh, and his oh. wife just kept bringing it up. and bringing oh. it. They were already, bro, they were, what year, it, what? It was like it was like the forties or something. Forties, more like Roswell, I believe. Interracial couple. Yeah, they were interracially married, and this guy was just like, "We just want to live in peace." Like, we know, we we for just- like in some random like in their town somehow like randomly they like they were accepted too. Like that's they were cool. a, they were interracially married in the forties, and like people were th- like cool with their. They're like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah cool. hey, Barney's a good guy. Yeah. He fucking works hard. He's a he's a good guy, and and his wife too. And then all of a sudden, like oh, no. they supposedly <laughs> get abducted by aliens, and all this stuff comes out. And Barney's just it just ruins him. Yeah, it's like all he wanted was just like, please stop talking about. It. I just want to <laughs> go back to live my life. <laughs> like I'm so pissed <laughs> off that this happened. Let's just forget about it, and just it never leaves him. And it just 
just ruins his fucking uh, life. Well, that's like another common thing between abductions is like the fact that like they get people or like people will get abducted multiple times and like these are your children, like these are your alien hybrids. Like they like we want you to interact with them to give them like human like human interaction for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> alien daddy. That sounds like a uh, sitcom. <laughs> Bet you can make a good TV show out of that. So, after leading him throughout the maze of hallways, he led Travis to a bare room so small it was more like a foyer or section of the hallway. They spent approximately two minutes in the metal cubicle, no more than seven by five by five by twelve feet. Then a doorway the same size as the other door, directly opposite, slid open. The brilliant warm light that came through the opening door into the airlock-like room was almost like daylight in color and brightness. Fresh, cool air wafted in, reminding him of, sp- of springtime in the out-, out of doors, making him realize just how dark the stifling place had been. What a relief that fresh air was. The air moved around Travis in a softly fluctuating current. He stood and inhaled deeply the clean, cool breeze. And here's another little excerpt from the book. I descended a short, steep ramp, seven or eight feet to the floor. I looked around to discover that, although I was outside that dim, humid craft, I was not out of doors. I was in a huge room. The ceiling was sectioned into alter- alternating rectangles of dark metal and those that gave off life light. The ceiling itself curved down to form one of the larger walls in the room. The room was shaped like one quarter of a cil- cylinder laid on its side. Assuming we're still on the same ship, the ship is bigger on the inside. Well, that, that's, that's the thing. He, uh, he, like, basically they were just in an airlock and, like, the ship opened and he came down a ramp to find himself basically in a big hangar well yeah but the size of the other rooms he's been describing if we're if we're in the same ship and i'm not saying the ship didn't go back to like a mothership kind of deal because that's you know whatever yeah running through corridors and stuff like uh, that assuming yeah. we're on the same ship he said it was like 20 feet across and like 10 feet tall yeah like He's literally just described a room that's about the entirety of that ship, like, and he was in another room in different corridors and shit. Yeah. We're either not in the same ship, or this ship is like a TARDIS, and it is bigger on the inside. Uh-oh. The outside of the craft we had just left was shaped like the one we had seen in the woods, but very, but was very much larger, about 60 feet in diameter and 16 feet high. It did not emit light, and said it had a surface of shiny bushed metal luster. It seemed to radiate a faint heat from its hull. The craft had either seen, had either sat flat on its bottom, or if it had legs, they were only a few inches high. It sat nearly in the middle of the large room. So this, so the ship he was in was bigger. It yeah. was, said it was sixty, about sixty feet and sixteen feet high. Okay. So he was in a different. So ship he's in a different ship and now. in a different fucking. And, and there's even like a different color. Like yeah. the last one glowed slightly. This one didn't glow at all. And he's in a room, and that. Fucking and there's another ship. guy with him. Just, yeah. Well, guy with air quotes, yeah. you know. On my left, toward one end of the large room, there were two or three overshaped saucers reflecting light like the highly polished chrome. I could see two of them very clearly and a silvery reflection that could have been another shiny rounded craft. They were about 40 or 45 feet in diameter, quite a bit smaller than the angular vehicle I'd just come out of. I saw no projections or breaks in the smooth, shiny, flattened spheres. They sat on the very grounded bottoms, and I could not see how they balanced that way. So again, here are some more ships bigger than the original one he was on. All in this giant room that he's now in. Yeah. The man escorted Travis across the open floor to a door that opened silently and quickly from the middle outward. Beyond the door was more hallway, wider than that on the ship. At the end of the hallway, another pair of double doors. They entered a white room approximately 15 feet square and another 8 foot high ceiling. 
Three of them had a table and a chair in it, but Travis' interest was immediately focused on the three other humans. I like how he's just following this dude through the ship, though. What do it, you do? Like, yeah, in, like, the thing, like, the like on the ship, at least the guy, like, kind of, like, grabbed his arm and, like, guided him, but he said it wasn't, like, forceful, and he said, like, he didn't know what else to do. I mean, yeah, I guess I have no idea what else to do. Yeah, at this point, you just kind of got to follow and, the and story he prompts. he just saw those aliens, and, like, well, at least this is a person. You think? Well, okay, yeah, he thinks. He looks like a person. You just gotta play along at this point, man. Story prompts. Yeah, he's, he's already been abducted by the aliens. He's kind of in their hands. He's been DM railroaded at this point. He's <laughs> just going. Yeah. He's just getting fucked. I, I'm just, I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I follow the man. Maybe I do, and you don't know until you're there, but I don't feel like I follow the man. I feel, I feel, I feel like yeah, I I'd be it. creeped out too, but at this point, also, like, just staying in that room too would be creepy. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't follow the man, there was only one way out of, like, the command. I guess that's the way he back he came, yeah. yeah. Eh, well. Two men and a woman were standing around the table. They were all wearing velvety blue uniforms like the first man's, except they had no helmets. They were smooth skinned and blemishless. No moles, freckles, wrinkles, or scars marked their skin. The striking good looks of the man became more obvious to Travis on seeing them all together. They shared a family-like resemblance, although they were not identical. Travis, begging them for an- to answer some questions, still utterly shaken from his encounter with those other creatures. They didn't answer him. They only looked at Travis, though not unkindly. One man and the woman came around the table approaching him. Silently, they each took him by an arm and led him toward the table. Oh no, see, they're putting him back on the table! <laughs> not wanting to cooperate with them, but not knowing what else to do, he went along with them. They lifted Travis easily onto the edge of the table. He became wary and started protesting. Wait a minute, just tell me what you're going to do. That's when Travis began resisting them, but all three began pushing him gently backward onto the table. He looked at the ceiling, covered with panels of softly glowing white light with a faint blue cast. He saw the woman suddenly had an object in her hand from out of nowhere. It looked like one of those clear, soft, plastic oxygen masks, only there were no tubes connected to it. The only thing attached to it was a small black golf ball-sized sphere. She pressed the mask down over Travis's mouth and nose. He tried to reach up and pull it away. Before Travis could complete the motion, everything started turning gray and he lost consciousness. So again, he's out. Yeah. Damn. I will tell you, if it's anything like the gas they give you like before surgery, you fuck it out. Yeah. Like, my, my, when I had surgery on my finger, my nurse or whatever was like, okay, I want you to count backwards from 10 to, to 0. I, I got to like 8. <laughs> out yeah like it was instant that's awesome and uh supposedly the whole time from when like he woke up to when they just put him out again it was about an hour and a half oh geez so he's running around those corridors for a while yeah like he was looking around in that one room and you like he waited a little bit in the first room like for the aliens and he was like exploring the corridors Jesus. for a while and then he was driving the ship yeah then he was playing with the buttons <laughs> on the ship i wonder what those buttons did man what if there were, like, fucking speed dial locations kind of deal? Like, press this button to go to this nebula and just fucking... Just blew up, like, some asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> Travis awoke to find himself on the cold pavement of West Herber, Arizona. Cold Whoa. air brought him instantly awake. He looked up in the end time to see a light turn off of the bottom of a curved, gleaming hole. Um, or almost as if uh, a, a hatch had been closed, cutting off light from the inside. Having only caught a glimpse, though, as he raised his head, he could not be sure which. Then he saw the mirrored hall outlined of a rounded, silvery disc hovering four feet above the paved surface of the road. It must have been about 40 feet in diameter because it extended several feet off the side of the left side of the road. 
It was too large for the highway, and it extended past the roadside to his left to clear a cutaway rock embankment on the other side of the highway. It appeared to be about 14 feet high in the center. Big. For an instant, it floated silently above the road, a dozen yards away. Travis could see the night sky surround the surrounding trees in the highway center line reflected in the curving mirror of the hull. Then abruptly, it shot vertically into the sky, creating a strong breeze that stirred the nearby pine boughs and rustled the dry oak leaves that lay in the dry grass beside the road. It gave off no light, and it was almost instantly lost from sight. The most striking thing about the departure to Travis was the quietness. It seemed impossible that something so large, moving through the atmosphere at such speed, would not have shrieked through the air, or even broken the sound barrier with a sonic boom, yet it had been totally silent. After the craft disappeared, Travis shakily got to his feet and ran down the deserted highway. He ran till he found a closed gas station and knocked on the building across the street. After no answer, he continued farther down the highway until he came to another oh, gas oh. station with payphones. Again, being 1975, it's not like he had a cell phone or anything. Correct. Having no money, he dialed the operator and was connected to his brother's home line. After convincing the brother it wasn't a joke, his brother came to collect him. It was just after midnight, and Travis had been missing for five days. Damn, Whoa. son. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So they kept him knocked out for a while. Five days? Yeah, he, or either he just doesn't remember it. Like, yeah. What happened? Yeah, but he was missing for, like, he was missing for five days. Like, that's actually, like, reported. Like, Travis, the man Travis Walton was missing for five days. Like, regardless of all this other stuff that happened. Yeah, about whatever he said about what happened. Yeah, he was missing that for five it, days. Yeah. yeah he was his family gone. and stuff knows that he was gone. Yeah, like, his brother thought it was a joke. Like, when he got the call, he thought it was, like, someone pulling a plank prank on him. It wasn't until it was like, no, 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 like, it's me, it's me. Like, he was so, like, frantic, like, over the phone, like, after all this happened to him. Well, yeah, I'd be fucking screaming my head <laughs> off, like, you come get me right the fuck now. Whoa. Yeah. Like. Wow. Damn. Okay. That's- and I guess, like, in the fallout of all this, like, they had taken, like, polygraph tests and stuff like that. Like, because, I mean, back then, like, really, like, I mean, it's not really, like, reliable. But, but people, it's the best thing they got. Yeah, people thought it was back then. And all, like, all of the men that were, like, on the that log cutting team, they all passed, except for the one which came out inconclusive. To be fair, um, unless you're trained to do it or you know how to do it, passing a polygraph test when you're lying is actually kind of tough like and like it's not like also if you're lying it's just whatever you believe correct yes that's one of the reasons they're inconclusive in terms of like that's why they're not really used in court is because if i believe it so adamantly it is true to me yeah so like if you tell a lie like it's a truth you'll pass the poly because it measures your body responses like your heartbeat and your heartbeat your temperature your blood pressure because when you lie those things spike but if you can train your body to not do that and, like, believe your own lies, you'll pass the polygraph test every time. Or, from one of the strategies I've heard, if you, like, make yourself really uncomfortable during the, uh, like, opening questions, which are just simple, like, are you a guy? Oh, like your name baseline set, stuff? Your baseline. If you make yourself really uncomfortable during the baseline, it'll throw the whole test off and you can you can test positive because your baseline is all essentially what you're lying is going to be like because you're essentially making your body like think it's a lie while you're truth you know what i mean very interesting so these these men at least think this happened to yeah. them yeah like at the very least like they think it happened yeah which is just nuts and the fact that six men yeah or five i guess well, it was, you, so it was, yeah seven like travis was abducted in those six yeah, other dudes so 
that's just nuts. Wow. He's gone for five fucking days. Yeah. And just appears in the middle of the highway. Yep. Like it just deserted you stretch a highway in the yeah. middle of the night. I wonder how far he had to run to get to the fucking it's, gas station. It said like he had to like he ran, like ran over a bridge, got to like this station. Like it was deserted, like it was closed. The person like there's like a house across the street from it or something, like a building. No one answered. She kept going down the highway. He had crossed another bridge, and that's eventually when he came to this point with the ga- with the payphones. Yeah, like how I wonder how far he had to go. Like I wonder if the aliens dropped him as close as they could, <laughs> or if they just picked a random spot and it happened to be near a gas station. Like I don't know. That's, that's still shit's fucking crazy. Still yeah. pretty shitty. Yeah, no matter what, that man had a had a night. I'll tell you it's that much. Be scary as fuck. Or had a week. Like, I guess. are they fucking with me? Like, are they just hunting me now? Yeah, right. Make me. Is it stalking me? Yeah, like <laughs> after nobody me? answers. I like to imagine. It's like, is this just a joke? It's like the cartoons where somebody's following behind. Turn around, and they're behind you again. Like they just keep staying behind you, <laughs> except there's just a forty foot UFO behind him. Dude, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> It's trying to like hide behind a tree and just Yeah. <laughs> that or it's like the uh, the aliens from Doctor Who for every time you every time you look away from them you forget them. Oh that the would, silence. Yeah, yeah, the silence. Yeah. Every just every time you turn around, oh UFO, turn around again. Huh. Okay, time to keep going. <laughs> Yeah, there's, like, a scene from that, like, when there's one of them just, like, in the uh, White House, like, in the Oval Office. Yeah. And, like, they just keep forgetting about it. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you look away and yeah. he's gone, like. And they're all like, wait, why do we have our guns out? And they just like, oh, and they look back <laughs> over at it and they all start pointing again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, man, though. That's. Yeah, it's the, Travis, the story of Travis Wonton. Like I said, a lot of those abductions happen in Arizona, New Mexico, like, the. Yeah, there actually is, like, a lot of, like, Arizona, like, this is, like, the Phoenix Lights and stuff like that, which is, like, a really famous, like, UFO sighting that, like, a lot of people witnessed with, like, there's, like, a band of, like, five lights in this. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, Arizona and New Mexico, like, all those desert kind of states. And if you want, if you really want to get into it, there's, like, rumored, like, there's, like, the underground bases and shit out there. Like, yeah. Like, the government, alien, working together, fucking the draconians out there with the fucking pits of people parts that they eat. Why don't we get rid of the, the draconians? The what? Pits like, of people parts. Pits of people parts. Yeah, like, supposedly, like, under, like, Area 51 and, like, those other, like, underground bases and shit like that where, like, the aliens are at. All, like, air quotes here the whole time. Uh, like, on the deeper levels where, like, the aliens are at, like, the draconians especially, like, they eat people. Like, they eat meat. So... Why don't we just... Why don't we just get rid of the draconians? I don't think we can, man. Why? They're aliens. What do you... They fight, they're like 18 foot tall lizard people. Where are you going to fight that? <laughs> <laughs> With nukes, Mike. With nukes. Okay, but I'm sure they have some crazy shit too. Like, I mean, if they're aliens, if they came here. Well, they're going to eat us all anyways. No, they don't They don't specifically want to eat us. Like, sure, they have to eat for food. Like, yeah, everyone has to eat for food. But what they really want is our organ energy. It's, it's us. They want to make people feel bad, and they feed off the bad vibes. Oh, like, that's well, they're what they great really in 2020, then. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Just confirmed it. COVID, lizard people, that's 2020. Why if, you, if you want to fight the lizard people, you got to give off good vibes. Yeah. So yeah. we're all about good vibes here. Yeah. Starve the lizard they're people. Just, it's that a, should be our new slogan. The There's lizard, lizard people that go to, like, 
The Jacronians like, are just Dementors. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty from much. Harry Potter. But there are literally people <laughs> that go to like the pyramids and shit like that, and like they fuck in the pyramids and like different like shrines like that just to make like just to like fight the Draconians. Nice. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. What? Yeah, like they go in and they're producing like good vibes for like to fight off the Draconians. That's wow. it. New slogan. Produce good vibes to fight the Draconians. Starve hey, those Draconians. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to be a part of my Draconian assault force? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the pyramids next week. I got lines that, Yeah, lines that'll never get you laid. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. man. You go to the UFO convention, that one will probably Yeah, that work. one probably work. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you that would work. You know? <laughs> Oh man, though that's fucking fucking that's a Travis. Story, though, yeah, just dumped in the middle of the high, and that's it. I bet you. And the, now he just roams around speaking, like telling about a story and shit like that. Yeah, I bet you that'd make for an interesting book, though, like an interesting read. Obviously, you said it's a book. Yeah, and like in the book itself, it goes on a lot more about the aftermath and like like the doubters and like these polygraph tests and stuff. Well, like yeah, that. I'm sure. And anybody that says I've been abducted, that like everybody fucking shits on them, and then they have to take all these tests. And yeah, like, and like the one thing I was reading about is like the skeptics claim like he's like trained at like beating polygraphs and stuff like that which... he's a fucking lumberjack yeah that's what i was thinking <laughs> like <laughs> what are you out there having the trees giving you fucking polygraph tests like R- russell russell leaves russell leaves russell uh, yep that, the answer to that one's yes and i think he was like he, he was like a lumberjack for like eight years before this or something like that like yeah like no that man's not trained to fucking pass polygraphs like especially in like 1975 when you can't just like Google how do I pass a phone exactly like, like you're not gonna just this look man has that to go up. down to his library get the card catalog out look through polygraph testing assuming <laughs> that that book is even in his library in yeah. Arizona yeah. Like, assuming exactly. he even knows what a fucking polygraph <laughs> test is yeah that's what I mean like fucking there's no there's no way that man. Is trained in the past. Like, unless you give me substantial evidence saying, like, oh, he was in the military and they trained him to do this. Like, no way. It was pretty interesting. It's pretty. I wonder what they did to him. Does he ever know? Does he think? Does he, like, what does he say? Does he hypothesize? I, I think he goes, he did do some, like, hypnotic regression stuff, but that stuff's always, like, a little, like, funky. Iffy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't sure it could be true, but just as likely as it couldn't be true. I was say I don't. Like, I don't know yeah. that hypnotic regression is one of those things that's even really admissible in court either. Just oh, like, no, kind, kind of like a polygraph. Yeah. So like it's one of those things where like yeah it, you take it or you leave it. There's no real proof either way. If this, I mean, we have no we we have no way to prove that this is exactly what happened. Hey, you can use anything in court as long as you. It's the other person's uh, job to disprove it. All you gotta do is all you gotta do is sell the jury. <laughs> yeah. All you gotta do is make that room full of people fucking believe. Oh man, though, that's that's nuts. Yeah, that's no, that sucks. It's, Poor Travis. I'm just so there's so many questions. The fucking grays with the fucking where did, what what they just ran out the fucking room and didn't do anything. Well, to be fair, he said they're like fucking light as hell it felt like they were made more of fat than muscle there's no way they're fighting back when yeah, he has not, a weapon yeah they're not fighters and like what do they care they're just gonna leave like it's yeah. not like he can get off the ship yeah so they he did well, because the dude led him off the ship well yeah after five days 
Like, they sent the humans, the human Well, he halves. wasn't, like, wandering for five days. No, but that's what I mean. Like, they sent the human halves or clones or whatever you want to call them fucking to get him and then to, to, re, yeah. to re-subdue to, him. To, like, with, calm him down, basically. Yeah, with no, like, fighting. That, that's the strategy. If you don't have to fight him and he doesn't have to fight you, there's no risk of injury. Like, that's the one you go for. Weird. Yeah. Like. Wild. Yeah, I mean, who knows what they, like, one in the four, like, they were doing some sort of test. Like, he said, like, that metal thing over his chest, like, it was, like, he thought, like, thought it was taking, like, readings of some sort. Like a like, scanner. Like, he was surprised when he pulled it off and there was no tubes or anything, like, attached to him or anything like that. Like, it was just, like, flat on the bottom. And yeah. there was, like, lights and, like, screens on the top. Oh, uh, hmm. so it's like a scanner kind of deal. Well, yeah, something. Yeah. Hey, who knows, man? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, he these? said, like, the instrument tables are all, like, nothing he's ever seen before. Like, all of them were just, like, weird shapes, and, like, most of them just look like, like, rods of, like, clear or, like, white. That's wild. Yeah. Hmm. Alien tech. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be nice to have? <laughs> like. Yeah, so who knows what the fuck. Maybe he picked up, like, a fucking, like, laser scalpel or something. Like, just didn't know how to turn it on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, shit, we're getting out of here. <laughs> He can slice this in half with fucking one flick of the wrist. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Run away! Oh, man, he picked up the stick that if you touch it, you instantly get, like, irradiated. Oh, no! <laughs> and that's why it's, that's why they kept him for five days. They had to unirradiate him before they could dump him back. He According to the Greater the Treaty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They were like, oh shit, we broke the Greater Treaty. We had to unradiate him quick. Something with like the same irradiation as like the elephant like foot that they put over like the Chernobyl explosion, like just walking around. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Speaking of Chernobyl and fucking irradiated things, I learned that one of the most irradiated things on our planet is literally an excavator. Yeah. That they used at Chernobyl to dig out all the radio. It's irradiated as hell. It's like the second most irradiated thing on our planet. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I still think it's crazy, like, that, like, it took, like, three dudes to turn it off. Like, and they all sacrificed themselves. Yeah, like, the first dude jumped in, never made it, like, they never saw him again. Second dude jumped in, he made it back, but didn't turn the valve off. But, like, and he died, like, as soon as he came out of the water. Third guy jumped in, like, turned the valve off and, like, and made then it died. back. Yeah, he made it back to the surface, but then he died pretty quickly after. Yeah, and they all knew that going into that water, they were not coming back out. Because it's literally the water that cools, like, their the radioactive radiator. material. Yeah. And Ugh. that cracked, and, like, it was leaking out. So, like, this water was basically instantly irradiated, and they didn't want the water getting back out to the main water mm-hmm. supply getting released. So they had to, shirt, like, shut off the valve. Yeah, well, except the only way to get to the valve was in, through in that the, water. Yeah, in the water. <laughs> yeah, so uh, those three scientists that went in that day, they sacrificed themselves to stop the explosion explosion of that radio or that reactor, which would have killed so many more people. Well, an even bigger fallout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that's crazy though. And getting back to Travis, like you said, there was a bunch of fallout, but I feel like. In the end, with this book, I'm sure it was popular enough that he probably made a pretty penny off of this story, didn't he? No, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know like exact numbers, but I'm sure he made like a decent, like enough money off of it. Yeah, like, he probably could support himself. Yeah, at I least, mean, especially like at least that's the perk of getting abducted and coming back and having some memories, and right? maybe not like as much back then, but like especially like as the years went on, like especially it, like towards like the '90s and probably, yeah, like, the and it took off in stuff. popularity. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he got, like, a lot more support than he did back then. Yeah. No, I mean, 
least he uh, silver lining here. At least he uh, came out and can just travel around the country talking about aliens. I mean, I, yeah, I would like do that gig. if I yeah, I'd do that if I could. Why not? <laughs> Bad news is that they cloned him. It's not, dun dun dun. That's not my president. <laughs> Can't believe the Secret Service just let the president go onto an aircraft, just fucking, <laughs> just let him go onto a flying saucer. Maybe uh, we should have uh, went with him. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> I just imagine one guy turns and goes, "Jim, did we just let the president of the United States walk onto an unidentified flying object and not follow him?" Like the head yes. Secret Service guy, like come out of the bathroom, like buckling up his pants. <laughs> Where's the president? You let him do what? <laughs> what the fuck? What do I pay you guys for? God damn it, Jim. Stop him next time. Hey, man, that radar technology and Wi-Fi that we got from them is totally worth it. GPS. Totally yeah, worth it. Yeah, that way our government can track us all. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Grays. And now Google can predict where I'm going to eat 30 days in the future. Thanks, Grays. <laughs> Such a boring dystopia. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> My internet browser claims that they can predict where I will eat with accuracy 30 days in the future. You know? And they do. You can look that up. Google has said they can they can do that. They have that much data on everybody. It's just bonkers. I know, right? Bonkers. <laughs> what do you want for dinner next month? <laughs> uh, Google knows. <laughs> they come out with a new thing where like they just have a calendar full of like the, your meals you get. Yeah, they, Google just brings out a new website that has your specific calendar for you. Like they make your schedule now. Print out your shopping <laughs> list here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now that you said it, they're gonna hear it through your phone. And now yeah. they're going to do it. They've heard it through our phones. Our podcast. Here. <laughs> no, no. The podcast there. is what they haven't heard it through. They yeah, only heard it through spine through the phone. No, they have they have bots that go through this stuff. I guarantee it. Yeah, but they, they're they not listening to yeah, it. Oh, as, not right now. As soon as they hear, like, aliens, just like the bot just disconnects. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the Discord disconnect sound. Just <laughs> oh, man, no. Well, hey, that's been Room to Talk. Another good episode. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Watching not for Travis. Kids. Yeah, not for Travis. And remember, starve the draconians. Send those good vibes. Yeah. Send the good vibes. And if you see a saucer out there, you can walk up to it, but when it starts making the whirling noise, you run. Yeah, it's going to tase you. Yeah, so just be ready. <laughs> maybe you can like get like some aluminum foil and like, deflect it quick. Like, hold it up. Yeah, just... Maybe. No, no, no. It's like the the hobbit, uh, the bard that holds up a lead sheet oh, in yes. front of the paladin. Yeah, you got to hold up a lead sheet to the saucer. Bounce back. Yeah. Or, or just an Uno reverse card. Yeah, yeah. You hold up an, <laughs> aliens, what you don't know is Uno was invented by aliens, okay, people? And it has, those cards are kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh. They have powers over the aliens. <laughs> so the, the aliens just bow down to it. Yeah. Our ancient runes. Just whatever you do, don't play a plus four on the flying saucer. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Or, or pop out. I mean, they'll have to skip a turn, but they'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm Bud Walker. I'm Mike McCloskey. And I'm Seth. We'll see you next time, kids. Peace out. Have a good one.